Hello, everyone. My name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to the Guest Awakens, or in this case, the Guests Awaken, presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. Returning to the show are some very familiar faces. We absolutely love around here. Now, first off, he is one of the co-hosts of the Imperial Senate podcast. He is a frequent contributor to many of our favorite podcasts. It is the one, the only, wearing a Texas shirt himself, Nikki Kumar. <laughs> that is me. I am I am him. <laughs> All right. And of course, not to the undone, we couldn't have one guest and add two illustrious guests. Our second guest is the host of Octo Radio, the co-host of Casterly Talk with our good friend Ken Natsuk. And a man whom I, I am pleased to lost to twice in Star Wars trivia. It's the one, the old, the Alden Diaz. Alden, how you doing? Look, man, I beat Jared three times, so you're not you're not at the top of the list of, of my rivalries. Uh, I have great respect for you. It's not that bloody between us, but uh, thank you for having me here. Very excited that uh, the strikes are over and yep. we can talk now. And not that we, we haven't Star talked. Wars till the cows come home. Indeed. So thanks for joining me, gentlemen. Um, so uh, some interesting things have happened. Mm -hmm. A Star Wars show came out during the strike. I remember that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I, I'll get this out of the way up top. I've been rewatching Andor recently, and many people will remember that Andor real world, there was just one problem. And that was everybody used Andor <laughs> with crap on everything else. <laughs> and I have seen more than a few YouTube thumbnails, which... Um, I told YouTube, do not recommend this channel again. <laughs> and I've had to do that many times, comparing Ahsoka to Andor, saying things like, why Andor succeeded where Ahsoka fails. And guess what? Not to toot Lanhorn. I had predicted that after Andor came out. I said, there is no way any Star Wars show is ever going to be able to escape without people saying, Andor so good, this stuff sucks. Why can't it be more like Andor? And I just wanted to get that out of the way and just be like, look, I think we all agree Ahsoka is great. Andor is great. They're not the same thing, and they don't have to be, and you know what? Just because I happen to think Andor is the best in terms of quality does not mean that inherently all the other stuff sucks. I believe in, I like it all. I like it all. Give me all the buffet. I'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, Nikki, your thoughts on this unfortunate comparison being made? Yeah, it's it's just, it, unfortunate is the right word. And unfor unfortunately, um, it won't ever stop. Like, it, it's just, it's just something we'll have forever because even even if it's not Andor, it'll be something else. Um, there will always be something 
with which to beat the other things with. And uh, that is just how online fans or, you know, fans in general can be. Um, so I think that's why, you know, shows where, you know, we can get together and, um, you know, divert the the discourse, so to say, mm-hmm. to say you know, it, I think that's why it's important. It's so that, you know, people listening can know that it, it is not like a group think thing. I think that's how people always kind of act like oh don't all fans think that andor is better than everything else i'm like no it's not not really yeah. about and it's 20 like, years about 20 years ago it was all fans hate the prequels don't they yeah it's now like, all yeah. fans hate the sequels and you know and the prequels are actually genius and you know all the and it's just gonna keep going and going in circles and circles george lucas like now george lucas is the savior because disney sucks um so it's just like you know it'll just keep going on and on and on. And I think that's why it's, it's very valuable for, you know, people like us to be able to have different and better conversations about the things we're watching. Um, And hopefully people listening can sort of share that and, and know that that's like, you know, personally, I believe that's a really like stupid way to behave, but um you know people can people are going to do what they do and hopefully we were able to show that there is a better side there is a better way you know mm-hmm. it, as or as yoda says you know um how you choose to fight is just as important so that's what yep. i think Alden, your thoughts yeah i'm in agreement with all of that and i would only add that it's sort of antithetical to star wars it's like yes there's the fandom conversation level of why we should be advocating for a better conversation and fighting for it. But like, let's say everybody was nice in some imaginary world. Let's just pretend just for the sake of argument, Mm -hmm. there would still be the issue of what is star Wars. And when you break it down, return of the Jedi to me is the perfect example where it's like return of the Jedi is both the mythic, like the apotheosis of the hero's journey and mm-hmm. the throwing down of the sword and you know the the son forgiving the father and writing the sins of the bloodline and just it's all these things that move us to tears it is also Zhao Yaoza screaming directly into the camera and like <laughs> or, or it, Ewoks it, getting zapped in the crotch I mean you yeah, know, uh, exactly yeah, and even <laughs> within the Ewoks there is one of the saddest death scenes in mm. in, in, in all of Star Wars. In no, all no, cinema. <laughs> in all cinema, really, <laughs> truly. Scorsese, Scorsese agrees. Uh, but but then the Ewoks are also, yeah, it's also shoving a stick in Han Solo's face and then being like, point that thing somewhere else. He it's all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that ha- and the fact that we have decided to put these things into camps, like Star Wars can't be uh jason sindula and chopper running around but also the narkina five prison industrial complex arc of andor is ridiculous and 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 when when it does try to mix those things you end up with mandalorian and then the accusation is uh people don't it does show doesn't know what it wants to be it lost its way in season three and it's like no it's just it's doing star wars i I remember growing up uh, and seeing attack of the clones in theaters for the first time that was my first one and and just being amazed at how 
dangerous certain parts of it felt like obi-wan and Django, and wondering like oh man what's gonna happen is he it, 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 does Django know that he's onto him like that high tension or the high romantic tension of Anakin and Padme, but then also the fun parts, even within just the third act, you have three PO battle droid, but you and also Jar-Jar have doing pig Latin accidentally. And it's in it. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yes. 100%. And Jar Jar is silly, but what is happening in those scenes is very deep. And so yeah. it's all these things at once. And I liked that like you said, the buffet, the buffet metaphor that I know we both use and Force Center uses and other people, like that's what it is, is that there's different foods there and there should be. I like that in just this year we had Manda season three, Bad Batch season two, and Ahsoka that all felt decidedly very different. What we're talking about today is very much the closest we've gotten to fantastical uh, sword and sorcery Star Wars in live mm-hmm. action. Anyway, I mean, obviously, Legends has done a lot of it and even some newer stuff like Higher Public. But for movies and TV, this was truly the the fantasy fans season. Yep. And I think all three of us will agree. Thank goodness for Joseph Scrimgeon. Telling us to look deeper. (laughs) You know, if you don't like Nando running around kicking every D2 battle droid he sees... What's the reason? Let's talk about the reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, not just because it's mid. Like if you don't, and that's the thing is that if you if you hated Ahsoka, it's totally fine. But I have to. I have to know why. Like there's no. Actually, I don't. You don't have to tell me. But I, <laughs> if we're talking about it already, <laughs> yeah, I, I've had to recuse myself from more than a few conversations this year. <laughs> we're sitting. We're sitting at the dinner table. This is during the end of season three. My nephew, he's he's ten. He says, he says to his dad, "I don't understand what that third episode of Amanda is about." The one mm-hmm. on Coruscant. His dad's like, uh, uh, yeah. it, I, "It has nothing to do with the story." And I'm sitting over there going, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yeah, neither does John Favreau." <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking, <laughs> and it's odd because the my brother-in-law is a story writer for Pixar. Mm-hmm. So you'd think he would know well, we won't go there. Look, I don't wanna I don't wanna tell tales out of school, but I, I will I will do some hint hint nudge nudge here to your point. There are people that should know better, which is something that Nikki and I talk about a lot. You should know better. I have it on very good authority that the president and lead creative person of a big company that does a lot with superheroes and he wears baseball caps thought that Indiana Jones's arc and dial of destiny had no narrative thrust and they didn't deal with mutt at all. And like, so there are people that are very qualified that have terrible opinions and that yeah, happens. Including, <laughs> unfortunately, Marshall Lucas who claimed that they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand star Wars. Yeah. It's like, it's I, like it I love and respect her, qualifications. but that's a horrible grandma take. They just don't get it. Anyhow. So, Ahsoka. Good stuff. Indeed. I was amazed at how much the late Ray Stevenson stole that show. Mm-hmm. Balen Skull is an excellent addition to Star Wars. It's sad that Ray never got to see it finished. 
but Star Wars makes people immortal. And I don't think we're I don't think we're gonna lose that character anytime soon. Uh his story's not done. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Ray's not around to see it, but Valen's goal to me really stole Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself, so we'll get there in a second, but I have to ask both of you. Okay, who do you go with? Jin Hati or Dark Alora from Willow? Which one do you? <laughs> you, do you sell your soul to follow? I'll take whoever the other one doesn't take. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like this is there's only winners here in this. Or do we just or do we just say Ruby Cruz is the winner? I mean, that's the Ruby obvious. Cruz Ruby you Cruz. Know, you you got to choose just, the third yeah. option, man. That's what it's about. Yeah. Ruby uh, Cruz yeah. might be a bit might be a bit young for me, so. Ruby Cruz. With, well, I'll, fun I'll fact about Ruby that. Cruz, she doesn't have an actually officially determined age. No one can know. Conflicting information. No one can know, nor should we. <laughs> well, I'll go with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera just because the mom figure I find attractive. Yeah. Anyhow, those, were, so, those were good times. So really, there's a lot of great storytelling there, but the characters of this okay are really, I think, extraordinary. Um, mm-hmm. First off, of course, the return of Rosario Dawson again. Uh, great. Getting to see her. But the one who really... Natasha Leo Mordizzo was the most perfect mm-hmm. casting that anyone, I think, could ask for Sabine. Incredible. Because yeah. not only does she look like her, but she embodies the character perfectly. <laughs> we'll start with her. Alden, your thoughts on Natasha? I thought Natasha was absolutely phenomenal in this role. I Like you said about embodying the character, there are moments um, a great one that comes to my mind just is, is uh, the, the first time that she tries to, well, the time that she tries to do the force pull on the cup Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, mm-hmm. you win this round. Like that felt so Sabine. Or a lot of her interactions with Hu Yang were straight mm-hmm. out of the TSR yeah. playbook. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the the asides and the smirks and the, you know, it's it's just very, but without ever feeling like it was played too big. Like she wasn't playing the cartoon character Sabine Red. She was just it's that same woman. Like it just feels like the same woman. And uh, getting to see shades of the character that we didn't think we would see until trailers started to roll out and we were like, okay, like we're going to see a little bit of the gap. You know, it's not until the end of the second episode that it's here's the epilogue. Now we're going forward. We got to see this long hair, Sabine, this, uh, see that while she, the conflict between knowing that your basically adopted brother made a, a great choice and a heroic choice that it also had personal negative effects of isolation and loneliness and abandonment and mm. the slow unraveling of what went down between her and Ahsoka and this training. I thought she handled that all so well. Uh, the joy, the the creative spirit, the punk rockness of, of Sabine. Um, and then to see her develop into something that I don't think any of us thought we would say even a few months ago, that Sabine Ren is a Jedi. And it's not mm-hmm. just oh, kind of. Oh, she she trained by a jet. No, it's outright. Like by jealous. the end, she is a Mandalorian Jedi. Yep. 
there's a there's three people that we know that fit that category and one of them is a mm-hmm. goblin so yeah, one of them one, one of them eats goblin. cookies and throws up so <laughs> it's a very special uh class still at this moment and so steals I, I melons and says no yes exactly uh quick aside i don't know if uh and either of you play galaxy of heroes i don't i just saw this today uh it was a friend of all of ours uh eli eli kaplan oh, eli. Oh, I, I almost uh, threw out eli's full government name eli from uh, in a galaxy uh and then uh sean room from bogus cantina uh <laughs> that in galaxy of heroes grogu in the ig12 his ab- his abilities are yes no yes 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 and no 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 <laughs> perfect that's brilliant <laughs> That's game design, baby. Uh, <laughs> excellent. But anyway, Nick, yes. Nikki, your thoughts on Natasha as Sabine? Yeah, I mean, just it, like obviously, I totally agree with everything you guys have already said about how she, like, she just was Sabine. Like, and again, it's like, I think there's a very special thing that can happen in in fiction. Not not just in Star Wars, where you have these iconic characters, and they they can be played by anyone. Like it it's not so specific to that only one actor can play them. I think that like mm-hmm. creates this mythic quality to these to these characters. Like the same way we we think of Macbeth and how you can have like mm-hmm. fifty people play Macbeth and they all have this like different quality to it, but they mm-hmm. are also Macbeth. And and I think when Star Wars can do that, it is a very like exciting and thrilling thing. We already had it with, um, you know, the animated prequel characters that um, became so like near and dear to to fans, like as mm-hmm. near and dear as the original actors were. And and now also and obviously like I get as much of a kick as anyone is seeing Ewan and Hayden come back, but like that that's not refuting sort of the the idea that it's it's kind of great to see that these characters can be bigger than their actors um i think that's an important thing that can happen in in sort of mythology but she yeah she does she does this thing where it's like she delivered lines like as sabine and like not as tia as sabine and i think that is like the the thing i remember there's a there's a shot in solo where it's when Beckett is playing um playing with uh, Chewie. The Jarek, yeah. The Jarek with Chewie. And Alden walks not this Alden, unfortunately, but the other Alden walks in. <laughs> they couldn't and... meet by a top dollar uh, <laughs> contract yeah. demands. Yeah. Mm. And I because I remember they released this clip before the movie came out. And Alden Hahn walks in and he doesn't say anything. He just looks at the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's Han. Like that was Han. It wasn't Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. It was Han. And I think that is like such a like amazing quality for actors to have. Um, and she absolutely nailed it. I think um, Iman did the same as Ezra, where he was just like he was delivering lines where it's like that that just sounds like Ezra. And it's not Taylor Gray. It's just Ezra. And obviously, that's a credit to um, the way Filoni can write them and translate them into this mm-hmm. show, too. But. But yeah, no, Natasha is um is really a really special casting choice. And when you just watch her even behind the scenes talk about things and 
um you know the the skill craft of lightsaber fighting and and the the martial arts aspects and and her understanding of sabine at this point in her life like you can just you can just tell this actor is so dialed in and so in it and yeah we're just we're lucky to have her obviously yep yeah yep. um you mentioned earlier hu yang yes i did not realize so much of the we were gonna get in the show either no I. way yeah and, so and glad David you said Tennant that it's excellent in the role wonderful another, another emmy uh, the, that's what i the say the only <laughs> time that anyone has won an emmy for star wars is david Tennant. Mm-hmm. well maybe yeah. he'll get another one or i don't know let's make it happen but Start the excellent <laughs> and also the, the, the you know all, all the new star wars shows in a way in a way have been you can change your programming mm-hmm. we've seen this with so many characters vando and even Ahsoka and Boba Fett and even Andor to a degree. Cassian, absolutely, yeah. Is you can change your programming as it were. And Hu Yang's case literally is programming. It's put to the challenge because they're breaking all the rules. And he's like, hey, this is not the way we're supposed to do things. And mm-hmm. they're like, that time is over. It's time to move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his His line... Yeah, when um when he's like, I, I forget exactly how it goes, but but you know Ahsoka's doing things Ahsoka's way, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, you did come from a quite unorthodox lineage. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, and yeah. it's like it's so great to see him, like acknowledge. All right, like you can tell he's been coming to terms over time with yeah with having to deal with. There's know, a character. The crazy... There's a character in Star Wars that has the context we have that mm. sort of ha- he's lived long enough to be able to see to, to make those kinds of comparisons to yep. make those calls and and like you said brendan about about programming and you're right that all the star the star wars movies are about growing up the star wars shows have been about restarting in a lot of yep. ways and boba fett is, is huge for book of boba fett and um and all of them but for this show to have hu yang because this it needs to be you know appreciated on on a deep mythological level of course but for a kid that's watching this you need a character like who to say stick together you know follow the rules this is mission protocol this is the standard distance that the ship must be and not that way our heroes can show what ahsoka says later as a theme which is i don't need her to be a, a great jedi i need her to be herself and that's mm-hmm. what they all have to come to. Ahsoka, Ahsoka's you know trial of the soul in, in Shadow Warrior is a lot about mm. finally putting to bed the young girl turned young woman who was a soldier and making something new. And yeah. what is Ahsoka the White? It, it is is putting that to bed. Um, Sabine Wren, and and of course when you add Ezra to the mix, you have what. Balaam Skull refers to as a Boken Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who is who didn't come up with an order at all. And what does that mean for all of them? And and even Balaam Skull remarking about shit, I wanted you to be something something better, something greater. Um, and what that will be, we don't know. But it, it's it's interesting to see that all all of the characters in this, uh, even Hera to a certain degree, as she sort of has to deal with the uh, red tape and the bureaucracy 
of a general is that like yeah well she she's as much a general as she needs to be at any given moment she'll she she will also yes and deal with a way. certain pesky senator yeah oh um, yeah that guy. shout so, out star wars resistance mentioned <laughs> hero yeah erison doula mom of the galaxy we get our did with uh Nathan Winstead with uh getting to come back getting to the the mom and she steps into the role flawlessly. I'm wearing orange to, in tribute to her. Yes, her yes, and <laughs> getting to see the mom of the team mm-hmm. is magnificent, and also the just getting to see her be a mom and demonstrate and this is really the first time we've seen this in star wars uh, at least um in a major way hmm. of a mom who has a major career and is doing mom stuff and in this case doesn't have a bratty child uh, we've seen them not to deal with get her bratty child but in the case of jason sedula He's not quite old enough to be bratty yet, but um he's a good egg. He's good. We we see Kara being the Justice mom. for Jason. That's what I say. <laughs> being the mom, yep, and getting to see Jason on screen, but being the mom, being the mom energy and having this major job. Um and pushing back against the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Just like Ahsoka kind of pushes back against the Huyang Jedi Order bureaucracy by saying, look, yes, there are the old parameters. To do something right sometimes requires that you go outside those parameters. And mm-hmm. well, if we get to see the, the Star Wars family, because we get to see uh, yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead being the wife of Yuna Gregor. Yes. So it kind of comes full circle and um, a lot of pressure on their child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you yep. said in an interview, like their kid will probably like Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> like something yep. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But their uh, kid's so... the next captain of the Enterprise. That'll be a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. So, thoughts on Hera Tindula, uh Elden? I loved her. I thought she was, she was great. I thought she was like utilized well. Um, didn't need to be as much in the A plot past a certain point. Although, I, you know, I, of course, I want to see some ghost dog fighting, uh, mm. later on. But the the idea of her having to sort of hold the fort felt very right for Hera at this point in her life, and her tender moments, I think, are the best. Uh, Sabine in the in the hospital bed, um, mm. is wonderful. Talking with Ahsoka while they're on Corellia is wonderful. Um, but my favorite is the fact that they find Ahsoka in Shadow Warrior because she was willing to trust Jason. Like mm-hmm. she she mm-hmm. understands his bigger place. And while she has her fears, how could she not? She lost her mm-hmm. husband and her adoptive son Ezra through the you know through the the path of a Jedi. She lost them both um, to the to the greater cause. Uh, she doesn't take it out on him. She's not afraid uh, of what he's capable of she's willing to tell carson and and the new republic you know that's waiting in the sky to to sort of put her in line one of my favorite moments in the show Uh, oh yeah says to carson um 
if Dad was a Jedi, he could see things. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, but it's of course, a great we have to give story. a shout out to our boy Carson Teta, who is willing to trust Hera with his life. Yes. And the willing to stand up. Yeah. He's the Phil Coulson. He is the, the guy who's like, Senator Ziono, don't you dare mm-hmm. question General Sindula. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, has been, um, out there gathering clues that something's going on. Yes. Yeah. So the he knows that something's coming. Yep. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's great to see him. Uh, Paul Sunyan, Sunyan Lee, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Am I getting anything right? Okay. Um, it's one of the, but yeah, getting to see Hera, getting to see this triumvirate of the Soka Sabine and Hera. It's wonderful. And of course, um, we mentioned it a minute ago, but there are, are villains. Our heroes being hounded by Balin Skull and Shinhaki. And some of them may be the most fascinating characters in recent Star Wars, I think, in a way, because very much like all the Jedi who've gone bad, they're the we gotta embrace the bad for greater good. And every time anyone has done that in real life and in fiction, it has not gone well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, often I never happen to come out during the strike. Gee, that also is about embracing something evil to do something good. But was it a good thing? Yeah, There's a lot of way to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But Ray Stevenson is Dalen's goal. Is an extraordinary character, giving what I would argue is the best performance in the series. And giving a a very interesting character that it's that is not one way or the other. It's anything but one dimensional, in my opinion. Um, and of course, we have his apprentice Shinati. I suspect you guys might have some feelings about. Um, yeah, I'll have to get your thoughts on her. Um, and by feelings, I mean you know, hey. She's pretty good looking. So, <laughs> look if if, but, if the uh, internet if the internet shippers are going to be right about one, th- this could be the one. That's fine. I hope so. I hope so. Oh, is it the one I'm thinking of? Mm-hmm. The the Sabine the, Wolf Ren, as the kids are calling it, because they <laughs> have, have to name everything. Uh, interesting choice. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we get these two characters for Mindless and. And they're great. And but then of course we have to talk about the blue boy himself. The guy that we have all been waiting to make his life action appearance. Grand Admiral Thrawn, played by Lars Nicholson, getting to carry Elder from being the voice actor without being the live action actor. And definitely, I would argue, a gamble in a way to bring this character to live action. I was thoroughly satisfied. In fact, more than satisfied with this character. And the idea that he has 
like Braun does, made a living, more or less, in the weirdest circumstances. But this time, with a new ally on the side, the night, the, the, the mothers, because he'd been defeated by the forest twice in Rebels. He wasn't going to let that happen again, but just the, having Lars Mickelson in live action as Thrawn, um, I have to know, Nikki, we'll start with you, your thoughts on Thrawn in Ahsoka. Um, yeah, I think, I think Thrawn is always like an interesting thing from an aesthetics point of view, because similarly to Hera, if you don't mind me, like rewinding a little bit back yeah, to Hera, um, it's like, it's, it is difficult to paint someone blue and green. <laughs> like it just is right. And like, not, mm -hmm. not make it look, um, strange. Um, so just to, I know, like, I know people are going to nitpick everything i thought i thought both turned out as best as you could expect or or want um <laughs> a live action version of a green twi'lek and a blue chiss man um and and also just to, to mention harry again i i wanted to say um i think for for me harry was actually the the piece of the show that i didn't expect to attach myself to as much as I did like, I don't want to say it was my favorite part even but it was the part I was kind of like I was always wanting to have her scenes come up because I think if when when I think about like what I'm a fan of I tend to think about the um re the rebel alliance and new republic military structure the most like that that's like my thing um and I think for rebels we got about 15 minutes of seeing her as General Syndulla and that's kind of it like we don't actually mm -hmm. we don't actually get much of her in that capacity um apart apart from like little shots in Rogue One also which if you want to count those mm -hmm. um but to see her actually now have that position and have gone through the war and have these relationships with pilots and and people like Hawkins um the, the first officer dude mm -hmm. on uh, mm -hmm. on home one um to see her have that and all the sort of implied things like all the stuff they went through and and like you you're you're not alive if you didn't feel something when when carson calls her phoenix leader and mm -hmm. and it's just like you're getting all this history kind of like soaked into this character in this position that we hadn't seen her in before and I think that was really special. And and I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, different to Natasha, because I don't think there were a lot of times where it felt like she delivered lines as we thought Hera would, mm -hmm. but she still embodied Hera in in a way that felt totally true to the character. I think mm -hmm. I think like I think Vanessa Marshall has like you know more like a different sort of uh delivery i think it's more sort of like mm -hmm. higher higher peaks kind of in in intonation and whatever and, um but i think i think again it's like a, a live action version of that character was was really great and um now to fast forward it back to Thrawn as another dude who got translated over um this is like it's just it's just 
as good as you could you could ever get i think mm-hmm. i think his he has one of the great entrances of any star wars villain mm-hmm. and and that line i always like i'm always thinking about that line the, you know <laughs> um frightening reality to those who yeah. may what was once a dream yeah was once a dream it is so it is good. so great the chimera what's left of the chimera oh, docking yes above so cool. uh above the whatever you know evil minister of of the of the night sisters um and just yeah and enoch and and all the night troopers mm. and, and all that um it, yeah it was just it was so epic and like that that episode far far away where he comes back is just like mm. it's it's mind-blowing and it, yeah. it's such it's like again it's like these swings that like people ask for and then like don't give them the credit mm-hmm. when they actually come like that that whole storyline is one of the greatest swings in all of like star wars storytelling like just yeah. like i have no doubt and so so yeah mickelson as thrawn again was mm-hmm. pure genius um he and he's gonna have so much more to do and that's what's exciting like mm-hmm. I, like you know he he did it, so far in his episodes. There's a lot of you know <laughs> standing and looking at holograms and mm-hmm. and stuff. But like obviously, there's so much character in everything he does and the way he looks at people and and you can tell the things ticking in his head and and he mm. does his classic Thronisms of, um, you know, oh I was definitely beaten, but this is an advantage for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like, like yeah. you know. He's, yeah. a, he's a classic villain in that way and um but but also it's it's a it's a good strategy for life in general you know you gotta you gotta look for opportunities in your else so um so yeah no it was it was amazing and i'll i'll, I'll let you know have the rest of you guys um chime in on him before uh going on about the other two but the uh shin and shin and uh Balin are mm. are pretty unique and mm-hmm. that's that's a super fun thing to have. Elden, Ron, Ron Watch. Uh, Thrawn, you know, to echo what Nikki said about the sort of the expectation, like rarely is something exactly what everyone wanted, imagined, thought it we would get, et cetera, et cetera, especially like in modern fandom and things like that to see to have everybody just be like, yeah, that's it was is such a rare thing and from a a writing and storytelling perspective when you're doing these shared narratives that go backwards and forwards like star wars does this has to be a an accessible point for people that have no idea who thrawn is but also uh a sequel for thrawn to people that watch rebels to people that read the canon ones the new canon books and and watch rebels so there's like three or four different layers of thrawn experience level that a fan might come with and i thought they did it so beautifully like the the shades of his relationship with anakin that hang over some of his decision making that if you have no idea works because you're like okay i guess he knew anakin like uh, i don't know this character whatever um but if you do know uh it layers in so powerfully with what we've talked about with ahsoka like ahsoka and Sabine and Hu Yang, you know, that that fun clash of like these two women going on their own path and becoming their own thing uh, is their strength. 
But to Thrawn, he's like, yeah, of course you would. You're the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, and therefore I know how you'll attack. And therefore I know that you are also reckless. And uh, I love the, there will be no negotiating with the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> like, he, he, of course, he's like, yeah, ain't no way am I going to be able to talk to her. I'm not going to be able to turn her. I'm not going to be able to, to mess with her. Um, and I, I love the the final discussion with them, too. It's it's terrifying when he when he realizes he is going to get away. And he's like, I regret that we are not able to meet face to face. Perhaps we never will. But maybe this is the place for a Ronin such as you. It's it's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. He's amazing. Oh, I love yeah. to your point. To your point, it's so good how how layered an experience with him can be right because just yeah. like yeah we if you have read a certain novel you know he's hung out with the guy yeah but it's like you don't actually need to know that for it to still be powerful because you already know anakin yes. surely if you're watching ahsoka you already know yeah, anakin, this guy right? so like, knows yeah. Anakin and yeah and so the context of that also using the line of him just identifying identifying balin on the spot like yeah you know he's you know educated on who the jedi generals mm-hmm. were the Clone so, Wars, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, it works uh, on a surface General level. School. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it works on that surface level, but also works on those lower levels. And and even in that last conversation where he says, because in the books, you you know, Thrawn figured out Anakin became Vader. Mm-hmm. And but if you don't read the books, you don't need to know that. But he does that line where he's like, mm-hmm. I, I, like I, I, it's, I haven't it's, watched it in a while. I don't It's remember. something to the effect of like, uh, how similar you might yeah what, exactly yeah. and it's like when you know he knows about vader and you know what she's gone through in shadow warrior you know what's going on in her head mm-hmm. like that's that's so loaded it's but attack, also yeah. yeah but also when you you don't know that it is still just like really mm-hmm. cool because you can assume he knows enough about anakin like mm-hmm. as a as a you know a loose cannon kind of thing um, yeah um... and so so yeah, no, that it's it's such a like smart way of of writing that line. Excellent, excellent points. Uh, Thrawn is such a joy to see in live action done as well as they did. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, this um, our discussion is basically turned into the characters of Soka. You know what? I'm okay with that because because the characters are the heart and soul of that show. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's so amazing. Um, and we could go on and on about these characters, but there is one major story point that I wanted to address, mm-hmm. which I think is really the heart of this show. And that is the evolution of the Socrates. Uh, we we now see the 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 Gandalf comparisons are very apparent. And now we have seen her um Richard Kaza Doom fighting the Balrog, <laughs> dying and coming back as a soak of the light. We have now seen that. Mm-hmm. In that magnificent episode. And what's more is getting to see the world for ten worlds again. But also getting to see Aiden Christensen. And Anakin, and not just any Anakin, Clone Wars, Matt Lanter, Anakin. <laughs> Close um, 
and 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 young Ahsoka again with the Ariana Greenblatt who's speaking of Barney. There's quite a few connected tissues here to Barney and Oppenheimer, the Barbenheimer thing. But yeah, John Jacob Barbenheimer. Um, but you had um, seeing the Clone Wars, seeing Hayden doing the Net Lantern, Anakin, the outfit, the hair, uh, Captain Rex. Getting to see, <laughs> yeah, right. Captain Rex getting to see some amazing, um, that one shot of Anakin running off and it goes back and forth between seeing Vader and Anakin. That's really mm. cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that the journey of Ahsoka in this series is marvelous for many reasons. And I think, first off, Ahsoka's living in kind of this fugue state. He's kind of been living in it ever since he discovered that Anakin was Darth Vader. And trying to shake herself out of there. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of two journeys that she goes on. One is it's choosing to live instead of choosing to be stuck in this stagnated existence. Mm-hmm. And the other is... Um, the idea of you were a soldier then, but what are you now? And and that that fighting, as Anakin says, you fight or you die, doesn't always mean fighting in a war. Well, fighting with violence. Um, I think those of us, and I, I speak for myself as someone who has experienced significant mental health challenges. You either fight or you don't. Uh, it's very morbid to say that, but many people um, will know what I'm talking about. With if you are dealing with it, then you want to fight to continue to live, as Anakin says. And furthermore, the idea that sometimes, and I know I did this, I went for a year thinking, I don't need counsel. I'll be fine. Number one mistake. <laughs> Any uh, 12-step program or, 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 or road to recovery will tell you, you have to admit that something's wrong. <laughs> and I think that Ahsoka, in a way, had not accepted that she needed that guidance. Mm-hmm. And once she did accept it, once, it, once she accepted those lessons in the world between worlds, she was finally able to move on. And also to repair her broken connection with Sabine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they can finally move on. And it, it, you know, a lot of people talk about how quote unquote stiff it's a cool was at the beginning. And I think that's very deliberate. If, if you call it stiff, I still think that was an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. But she certainly, once she had gone on her journey with Anakin, was more emotionally open 
than she had been. Yeah, there that it's a reservation that the character had. And, and, yeah, and it's entirely it is entirely deliberate. It is it yeah. like and because you're gonna have smooth brain saying like Rosario can't understand character. <laughs> it's like or, it's like no. Did they say the forbidden phrase of why doesn't she smile? Yeah, have them um, they say something that dumb, you know. No, yeah, it's so yeah. deliberate. It and it's it's um and yeah, how could it not about... be right? What 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 she's gone through? Like how can it like? Yeah. And, as, and this is as, of course including Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. As mm-hmm. well, where, yeah. And like now, how much harder does it hit when she makes the choice that she makes with Grogu, uh, and gives Din the advice and sort of passes off that opportunity mm. to train him because she already went down the road with Sabine once, or at least most of the road with Sabine. And so, to your point, Brennan, like not running from the issue, the difference between living and existing. And she had just been existing and had gone from the Clone Wars to being on the run to the Siege of Mandalore to the Rebellion to working with the Ghost Crew to like, it's just constant, 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 constant. Mm-hmm. And hadn't given herself a chance to to grieve, to get over things. And you can tell had taken a little bit of that out on Sabine, um, had acted out of fear and... Yeah, so much of it is about realizing that um, you you create you. Your experiences inform it, no doubt, and and they form your environment. But you you get to choose who you are ultimately. Um, not anyone, not even Anakin. Like, yes, Anakin was your was your brother for all intents and purposes, your older brother. Um, but he was more, which is what the world between worlds ambiguous test ghost christmas mm-hmm. past anakin was mm-hmm. uh, in the siege of mandalore where i love hayden's delivery where she says like you know little little ahsoka is like you know we you became so much more and you brought so much pain and he's like yeah but i was also more than that and mm-hmm. it, we were that we're all the sum of our experiences were not just plucked out of, of mm-hmm. one thing she, ahsoka hasn't been a hasn't felt like anything but a soldier because uh she'd only learned to look at herself one way and so the show the show is very contemplative <laughs> it it connects to us as an audience mm-hmm. because we've heard this and, and i know as a star trek fan i've also heard this of the idea of this character is not that you've got the character role. You know, you hear people say this. And one of the things that I think maybe some fans don't accept is the characters change. That's the reason a story um, exists. That's the reason a story exists. You know, I know a guy who was on my podcast. We were talking about Star Trek. And he's like, Strange New World Spock is not correctly done. <laughs> he's like, Spock in, the, Spock in the original series is not like that at all. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, there is, a, there is a difference between the two, yes. I remember Strange New World takes place a couple of years before the original series. Is there a more blatant missing of the point? Yeah. And yeah. So, therefore, <laughs> you know, the character isn't the same. 
Because yeah. if you track the story, he's in a different place. I'm not the same person I was last year. Yeah. And then we have, at least I don't think I am. Um, <laughs> but Ahsoka is a woman now in her mid-40s. In compar- <laughs> <laughs> I'm logging off. No, but yeah, it's <laughs> she's in her forties and she's been through multiple wars, wars plural. And like we mm-hmm. we also forget, it's not just the loss of Anakin; it's the loss of Anakin, Kanan, the entire order, Obi Wan, Ezra, up to a point. Um, mm-hmm. who we haven't mentioned at all, by the way. And I will just say, not to completely throw us off track, but just because I have to go in a few minutes. I know yep. you boys will talk more about Ezra. I just want to say, in the category of the most slam dunk casting choices yes. I've ever seen. Mm, yes. And the more he's allowed to talk about the role, the more perfect he is. Because like he is like if Ezra had social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's honestly kind of insane. Like, I would love to talk to uh, the casting directors on this show and and dave on a producer level just be like how did you find these people because i much like daisy ridley and john boyega you know iman and natasha were people that they worked certainly they 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 you know they had yeah, jobs Natasha had been in a couple of movies and been in a couple know. things and been on netflix and a couple things and but these were certainly not names and iman has like a you know, a, a a growing music career and under a, a different name, under the name Dragon Wolf, which again, very He's Ezra representing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and he he went to college with Nikki, and I don't know about as, as the did same Tia. time. Oh no, yeah. Tia Tia didn't same college, but um, yeah, no, we did. We would have had overlap. So yeah, mm-hmm. they would have been in there at the same time. I maybe walked past him. Hilarious, uh, but yeah, he's great. So I just wanted to say that I don't have to go for another couple more minutes, but uh. But yeah, yeah, just, even if, yeah he was I had to throw that in there because he's he's essential to what we're talking about with us. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Because yeah. how often does this woman who's lost so much get anything back? How often does mm. she get anything mm-hmm. back? Never. Maybe when she reunited with Hu Yang, we can count that, but we haven't seen that yeah. story. You know. Something I I love about Shadow Warrior, um, which which is again one of those episodes that, as watching, you're like questioning reality, <laughs> like like mm-hmm. how, how is this happening? How is this a thing that is real? Um, but one thing I love about Shadow Warrior is it is, it's almost entirely anti, um, explainer article, explainer listicle, like it because you. You could go to a room of people who had watched it, of like 10 people, and ask them, what was the lesson Ahsoka learned in the world between worlds? And it, if they're not like they if they're not idiots, they may like they may actually give you 10 different answers and each one of them could be right. And if they like, are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you'll get 10 more that all they all sound like tweets. But no, yeah, like I remember texting you, Nikki, like the day after or two days later and being exactly. like. I don't what think I could fortune cookie right. the lesson of exactly. that episode. No. It's like it's there's there's no like one thing to say about yeah, it. Yeah, there's no one explanation yeah. And it's I think that's a brilliant thing about Other it. Other than it's... the answer is not kill the best, let it die. you know. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's like, yeah, there's there's so many aspects to it. I think the one the one that always stuck to me is is the concept of fighting. And it and it's like 
it's not just about being a soldier and being in the war. It's it's how she's it's how she has done nothing but fight. She's she's fought her past. She's fought with Sabine. She's fought with um Yang probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh and it's just like this this concept of you're like she has always been in conflict with her world out of necessity and then you know there's probably a degree of out of the way her character as a person has grown in this in this mm-hmm. environment and and i think like to me that was such a like a deep part of it the ability to say not not i'm going to stop fighting in a, i'm giving up way but like i'm going to stop fighting in this way that is just dragging me down mm-hmm. it's it's dragging it's it's harming my relationships it's it's yeah. you know not letting me be my my true self and and it's it's why it's so beautiful that um when she wakes up not like in the in her ship it's like we get a we get a musical motif we never heard before um we get her without a little headband right mm-hmm. like it's it's like it's like brand new ahsoka and when she comes out she the the warmth of the interaction and the hug with jason it's like she found that side of her again mm-hmm. um and it's Amazing. it's it's such a like it's such a powerful episode in that regard because again it's like you could you could go on you could do a whole episode probably of of a big discussion on on the world between world scene and well what what rendition of anakin was that was that anakin anakin was that an anakin in her head was that a, it's like it doesn't like it actually doesn't matter in the end but <laughs> it's like yeah it's, it's, it's like, what, what is to say. with yeah well i can't repeat what harrison thor did say but yeah <laughs> but this guy don't know what that was but yeah. whatever yeah but yeah no it's such a i think that that's like the magnum opus within the magnum opus it's mm-hmm. it's just it was an incredible episode yeah and you know this show i mean the, the truth is andor is as we were talking about earlier is very gritty grim dark rogue one um certain elements of an original trilogy um ahsoka is this the mythical side of star wars that gave Star Wars the legs, I think. Which is why we're still talking about it today. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars had been a very gritty, boots on the ground, and or esque story. I don't think we'd be talking about it all these years later. I it'd think it'd be, it be a different conversation for sure. That's yeah. true. I think, um, I think it'd be like, it. just now like thinking about it, and I'd almost I feel like it would almost be in that sci-fi category of like alien terminator. <laughs> yeah, like if, alien it terminator. Ha- if it didn't if it didn't have go. that yeah that specific mythical quality that you're talking about, I think Yeah, it would be just yeah. maybe more sci-fi and not really, you know. Because Star Wars gives itself the that. room. It gives itself the I guess this will be the, the last thing I say, just for everybody listening. I'm I have to I have to bow out and then I'll leave you in the very capable hands of these fine gents. But mm-hmm. to your point. Brennan about like what made it different right and why that carries on here Star Wars unlike Alien Terminator you know Blade Runner in its own way kind of very contemplative but there's a whimsy and an innocence that is encapsulated in things like Jason's scenes or the Purgle or the Noti like the fact that we're just like here's here's a little culture and 
by showing snail them snail yeah hobbits. yeah like these little snail mm-hmm. guys and the fact that that tells us without having to say it in dialogue like yeah ezra bridger got lost and what did he do he made more friends like that tells yeah. you everything that yeah. if you're new to ezra bridger it's like this guy could have been suffering he was no. radicalized in being nicer. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. We all thought like, oh, are we gonna see Ezra with a with a ponytail and a saber, like a wandering <laughs> warrior? And it's like, nah, he was driving a snail hut <laughs> and making rebel symbols. Yeah. As Sabine says, like, you found another group of rebels, like just rolling around. The fact that but also the implications that are fun to talk about as fans, which is like, it's been like around a decade and Thrawn hasn't been able to kill him or the Noti is pretty, pretty funny. Because uh, it's like Ezra is super capable when he does. I mean, we got to see three Jedi with three different color lightsabers storm a castle in this show. Mm-hmm. And Ezra mm-hmm. is doing the most swashbuckly, adventure sort of like you know big like you know knee slides and different things like that like he he felt so uh grown and liberated and like at peace like he definitely wears exile better than obi-wan and yoda mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> uh mm-hmm. and uh, i was really happy for him so yeah that's what i'll say before i have to bow out boys uh got got family in town or whatever maybe i can convince them to watch ahsoka but um, <laughs> well where can we yeah. find you Brennan, thank you so much for having me. You guys can find me at that on Diaz, T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I-A-Z on all your social media platforms. And Octa Radio will be back soon if the strikes are over. And as well as on Anytime with Ken and Alden, our new talk show. Yeah. Uh, yes. Fridays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific. All right. Bye, Alden. Thank you so much. Bye, friends. Talk to you soon. See you, man. So the, um, we're sort of drawing to sort of the end here because... Um, like so many Star we could go Wars forever. Shows, <laughs> like so many we could go forever. And as yeah. I have said with so many Star Wars shows, this is the Star Wars I didn't know I needed. Yeah. Yeah, I felt but... that way about the Obi Wan series. I felt that way about Mando season three. I felt that way. It's the Star Wars yeah. I didn't know I needed. Yeah, and I I think like the simplest way I, I can ever distill Ahsoka down is just by saying cowboy man gets me like mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. just just dave's dave's whatever dave does in star wars whatever whatever you want to say in general however you want to like quantify that whatever it is um like i i it works for me so yeah. well um, and, and and i would say tony gilroy is not the new dave the nor should he be no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him to be. Um, and it's like, and like, because what Gilroy does is is genius in its own way. Um, but but to what Alden is talking about um, before he left, the the I have the same sort of feeling when when I think about it. And the thing I always describe it as is sort of like, I need Star Wars to have the magic dust in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you can't say what it is every time you just know when it's there and it's like Indeed. that to me it's like this element of play i think is is like vital to star wars and 
I think it's something that a lot of like older people uh, possibly or, you know, people who think it's like an immature aspect of it. I think they're missing the point of it. I think I think Star Wars should, no matter what age you are, <laughs> make yes. you feel like you want to go play outside yes. <laughs> like, or like and have and have a journey and and have an adventure and imagine yourself somewhere else like that is that is what it is to yes. back to your point why did it exist why have we been talking about it for like almost 50 years mm-hmm. like it's because it's that and and it's not and it, i think again like i like andor as much as you know the next guy and it's mm-hmm. it's great and I, but i do think it's it's harder to find the element of play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in andor um it, you could probably dewey and freedy yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like you, you could probably find you know oh man yeah this, that's kind of cool or whatever but what's her name or the dewey and freedy of willow <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true yeah um so so yeah no it's just different and but i but i do know what i am drawn to and and i think with ahsoka it is it it was like with that in mind it felt as star warsy as anything could star wars yes like it is it is just like it it had everything i absolutely agree and and also it is it is coming from you know i'm saying this as a as a person who um rebels is probably like the the dearest star wars yeah, property to me me too so there we go we so we have that angle and to be able to take these characters that are you know just so important to us i know i know i can speak for alden too like for me and him both we've talked a lot about how sabine is like our favorite if like you know it's hard it's always hard to say one character but like but like she's in she's in the top three for both of us yeah and so it's like to to be able to to watch this journey of not only more but to be so compelled by what the more is is it's it's you know it's a it's an experience of a show that i've not really i didn't really have um until now and obviously the other shows were incredible in different ways just talking specifically about this one it's like to be able to sort of pick something up that was so this is such a special thing this is what george lucas was aiming for Mm -hmm. i think dave filoni would know better than anyone yeah this is the kind of story that george lucas is trying to tell yeah and i think i think that's what is um is so powerful about it because i think dave knows those 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 bones right like Mm -hmm. and and it's again it's it's different and um because like john favreau also i feel like he understand he definitely understands the element of play in in star wars jj and ryan get it jj yep yep they did as well and and ryan yep yeah and and it's like uh but i think with dave it's like he um you know obviously like he is the apprentice right and mm-hmm. and and i think for him to yeah. focus his show so heavily on the notion of master and apprentice when I, think, I left you i was the learner now i am the master exactly <laughs> and mm-hmm. um and it's like 
because because he does have that role and now he's stepping into it on his own and mm-hmm. and i think it's it's such a great meditation not only for star wars characters but like him this this is his first project like yeah. actually it is because like clone wars was such a group thing rebels mm-hmm. was such a group thing like his writing credits i don't think he has sole writing credit on a single animated episode until um old friends not forgotten yeah 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 so so it's like that he hasn't really had a like this is me this is on me um ahsoka is that show for him and so like to not only use that sort of notion on um on the characters but to also have this like meta i'm like this is my on my shoulders now what is my master's influence on me and who am i without my master and and like that is such a powerful thing not only for dave but also for the characters um you see you have these relationships all over the place of of masters and apprentices even with people who aren't here um with ezra and kanan even that has its moment uh with the lightsaber building and so so yeah no i think there's just something so uniquely special about what this show is able to do and um and sort of the challenges it presents for the future of you know like what where are we going what are we yeah. what are we going to be doing in this era i think i think it's really it's exciting that it happened and it remains exciting to think where it's going to go exactly yeah uh, sorry i, I just like see... i just like went a long way <laughs> I, was like, I can't wait to see yeah. where the story goes next yeah um i assuming dave Filoni's film You'll probably have to do with Thrawn's Return of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. but I can't say for sure. Yeah, I think I I would say like if like if I was a betting man on this stuff, which I'm not, but <laughs> I will attempt I will attempt to to think about it in that way. Um, I would say that you know the next few seasons of of stuff builds to that movie, obviously, and the movie I would say should be the resolution of of the Thrawn issue. Mm-hmm. Um obviously it's a movie budget. Like obviously you're going big. So it's, it's like yeah. it's gonna be yeah. gotta be like the big thing. And they they had always teased this um you know way back to that call in December or not call like the showcase in December 2020 where they laid out all this stuff and they always sort of like um teased this this movie that would I think they call it like an event movie that like would tie mm-hmm. tie this era together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I think it's kind of like looking clearer and clearer that I don't know if they outright said that, but like it's pretty obvious that this is that movie. And you know, the way Mando, Skeleton Crew, um, and you know, future if if there's a future Ahsoka season to like further develop it. Like, or do I hope? Yeah, definitely. I I would I would love for it to not just be this season and then we get to the end mm-hmm. um so so yeah i think it's uh it's really it's really exciting to think about what that movie can be how it will be and also the the sort of business challenge of it which is the fact that this will be the first star wars movie that will have to experience what the marvels just experience in mm. that key pieces of its story are on disney plus Mm -hmm. like 
no other movie has had to deal with that in Star Wars. And so I think that is going to be really interesting how they build it, how they market it. Hopefully there's not another strike by the time <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that marketing needs to go into, into order. And, and, and it's not something I feel like concerned about. It's just something I'm really curious about how it will be done because it will be a challenge and it will need to be done the right way because it is really hard to sell some sell a movie you know like to go see in the theater not a movie put on the platform like mm -hmm. like you gotta go see it in the theater to put that with the context of let's say at least three seasons of a tv show yeah that need that need to like inform it yeah um so that is gonna be a challenge and and one i hope they are they're ready for you know well I cannot thank you enough, Nikki, for joining us today. Absolutely. As, as you say, you and I could go on and on and on about how much we enjoyed this show. Yeah. And... I think like I think with these episodes, especially like, you know, your sort of overview reaction ones, it all it does is like reveal to you how many sub episodes could be like yeah. <laughs> on yeah. each one. And and I would I, I, I didn't want to bring this up. If this could spin into a whole another three, four, five, six hours of this show mm -hmm. of what's Dalen Skull looking for. Exactly. But we'll leave that for another time. Yep. Because we could spend a whole episode just on that. Yeah, and, and that's like again, why why has this lived as long as it does? It's because you're able to to have these conversations like yeah. forever. Um so so yeah, no, it'll be It'll be this show, especially, will be something we will be unpacking for, for quite some time. Especially now that the strikes are over, and you know those of us who weren't doing it, doing things during that, um, have a lot of catching up to do. Well, <laughs> it is say. so. It is such a joy to be able to talk Star Wars with people after the strike. Mm -hmm. The other day, Force Center finally released a Star Wars related episode. Yeah. I'm so very happy that I'm so very glad that Aldrin and you were able to join me today. And I really hope that we will have the opportunity for more Ahsoka-related discussions. Definitely, in the yeah. Future. Um, yep. They're necessary. And <laughs> as, as we said the last time we were all three together, if you're the one whining complaining that Ahsoka, go watch Andrew. You'll feel a lot better. <laughs> Hard to imagine that the most depressing Star Wars show could make you feel better if you're not liking them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some people. Yep. All right. Well, Mickey, thank you um, for joining us. Where can people find you? Absolutely. You can uh, check out the Imperial Senate podcast, which um, has not yet woken up either from the strikes, but <laughs> I assume we'll be back at some point. Um, and then you can also find me on uh, Octo Radio with Alden, where we do um, a rewatch between worlds, which is very relevant to this show because it is a mm -hmm. full watch through of uh, Star Wars Rebels plus the um, plus the Rebels recons <laughs> per episode. Yep, yep. So All right. um, that will be back uh, coming, you know, coming soon. Um, and then I also do uh, sometimes join. Uh, Ken and Alden on Casterly Talk to talk uh, Lord of the Rings, Thrones, all that good stuff. Bring back um, Willow. Bring back and bring Willow, back Willow, man. Yes. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah so you can check out those places and um yeah that's probably where i'll be and you can find me listening to heavy metal and looking at pictures of a dark of auras <laughs> and uh, you can find me both on x i hate to call it that running mystical <laughs> and everybody and all the other places um so thank you everyone for tuning in my name is Brendan Moore at noisy earrings by ventilator thank you for tuning in to the guests awaken presented by page turners they were not my star wars podcast may the force be with you